Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie. Our guest today is Scotland's road trip hero, Mr David M. Addison, author of Exploring the SWC 300, a cultural and historical companion to the South West Coastal 300 route. David, welcome. Nice to meet you again. Always good to see you, David. So, you've now completed the NC 500 route, and more recently, the SWC 300 route. How do you feel the two routes compare? Well, obviously the NC 500 is 200 miles shorter than the 300. Despite that, the latter ended up being a much longer book than the 500. And that's not counting a cut of 30,000 words as well. The reason for that is there is just so much history in the southwest part of the country. You can hardly go a mile before you come across a castle or a stately home or a standing stone or a stone circle or a nabby or a church. Indeed, it's astonishing that given so many attractions there are in the southwest, that this part of Scotland is not visited by more people. The Highlands are famous for its scenery, and quite rightly so, but what people don't seem to realise is that Dumfries and Galloway has its own scenery too. The coastal part of the route is extremely attractive, with cliffs and sandy beaches. It may not have the bare mountains of the NC 500, but what it does have are rolling green hills. Indeed, the area from Dumfries to Newton Stewart, what was the old Dumfriesshire, is particularly pleasing on the eye, so fresh and green. It's also got a very mild climate thanks to the proximity of the Gulf Stream. Of course, it gets pretty close to the northwest coast too, at Inverroo, for example. But bizarrely, in Scotland, both regions both boast palm trees. And talking of road trips, the roads themselves are different. Whilst the NC 500 consists of a good number of miles of single-track roads, there are none at all in the SWC 300, or very few, unless you go to some of the remoter sites, as I did. In addition to that, there is the main artery from Dumfries to Stranra, the A75, which can speed you on your way to the next town or attraction. We avoided it, but if time is tight, you can hop off and on it. It does come at the expense of missing some of the scenery, however, so I wouldn't recommend it. One other thing the routes have in common is, of course, the history. Whilst the Highlands had the clearances and Culloden, the Southwest had the Covenanters and the Wars of Independence. The way they differ is that the Southwest, as you know, is the cradle of Christianity, so there is a lot more to see there in the way of churches and abbeys. Finally, one way in which they are the same, but different. The NC 500 has Scotland's most northerly point on the mainland, Dunnet Head, while the southwest has the most southerly point, the Mull of Galloway. What they both have in common, however, is you need to hang onto your hat in both of them. Now, Ayrshire is famously associated with Robert Burns, as is Dumfries. Just how often did you come across our Scottish National Bard on your travels? Oh, dearie me, Tom. A lot, actually. 
If it hadn't been for Burns, the book would have been a good deal shorter, I can tell you. The beginning of the book has a great deal to do with Burns. That's because we started in Dumfries, where he lived, where he had two houses, and where, as most people know, it's also where he died, and where he was buried twice. After the Wandsworth came to pay homage, but the difficulty in finding the grave, they dug him up and built a mausoleum over him. We visited two of his watering holes in Dumfries, the hole in the wall, established 1620, and the globe. In the globe, you can sit in Burns' chair um, from where he held forth in the snug. You can sit in the chair if you buy everyone in the pub a drink. I declined that kind of hour. Upstairs is the room where Burns used to sleep it off when he was too few to stagger home. The original mattress is still there, and probably the very same on which he impregnated Anna of the Gowden Locks, or Anne, or Anna Park, barmaid and niece of mine hostess, Mrs Hislop. To the north of Dumfries is Ellisland, the farm where Burns lived before he came to Dumfries to take up his duties as an exciseman. It's where he wrote Tamashanta even if he'd written nothing else, ever. His reputation could have rested on that. Near there, within walking distance, is Firescars, the home of his friend Robert Rudell. After the visit to the mausoleum, we went to St Michael's, where Burns worshipped for some of the time. He and the minister did not get on. Burns had a pew at the back, and where by resting his head against the pillar he could avoid eye contact with him. That was the Burns Trail in Dumfries. After that, as we began our tour, we went firstly to the Bruel, where he went for the cure. I call that chapter in the book The Cure That Killed. His Dr Maxwell prescribed bathing in the Solway up to his armpits and drinking the waters. A notice today advises the visitor not to drink them. As if you would, it is decidedly rusty, as if made from garners, which, as all Scots know, is the main ingredient of our other national drink. He just made it back to Dumfries in time. He died three days later. We kept crossing Burns's path elsewhere on the travels, such as Kirk Oswald where he went to school aged 16 to learn mensuration, surveying, dialing, whatever that is. But he didn't get on very well with his studies. He fell in love with the girl next door. Typical Burns. As I was writing the book, the route was extended to Alloway. I have to confess this filled me with dismay, as it meant even more Burns and even more words when I was trying to keep the word count down. So why, in that case, David, did you feel the need to write about so many places that weren't on the route? I'm glad you asked me that question, Tom. When I was writing the NC500, I met Charlie and Maureen of the Real Sweets and Gift Company in Strathpeffer. They were very much aggrieved that the NC500 gave them a bypass. I totally agreed with them, and that is why I've taken the view that the route is a road, not a railroad. And places of interest near the official route, should not be missed out. 
And this seems to me to be particularly true of the SWC 300. I can't understand why the website includes towns like Annan, yet they are not included on the official route. If I had not taken one particular detour, I would have missed the opportunity to write about possibly my favourite Scottish castle, Carlaverick, the only triangular castle in the UK. And how can the route miss out Easter eggs and the Devil's Porridge Munitions Factory? If it had not been for the contribution of the Canary Girls, as they were called, because of the way the chemicals stung their skins yellow, the First World War could never have been won, as we would not have had the ammunition. And how could the route not include Gretna Green and Echelfechen, the birthplace of one of Scotland's greatest geniuses, Thomas Carlyle? There were other places in castles too, which I thought would be a crime to admit, and so I have included them too in my book. One thing that does come out of reading your book, David, is the sheer number of notable people that you mention uh, on your various travels around the South West. Would you like to say a bit more about them? Yes. Um, well, obviously, there was Barnes, that I've already mentioned, and Carlyle. Um, he was a philosopher, writer, historian and mathematician, um, born in Echelfechen, buried in Echelfechen. Uh, and you can visit his birthplace, which is run by the NTS. But actually, one most noteworthy person, I think somebody who's been largely neglected, is the Reverend Henry Duncan, another polymath, minister, obviously. He became moderator of the General Assembly. He was also a philosopher, a philanthropist, a writer, a publisher. And this is the thing, the founder of the first commercial savings bank. You can visit the cottage from where he ran it, now a museum in Rothwell. And while you are there, you can visit the Anglo-Saxon Rothwell Cross, which dates from the 8th century. It seems to me a great pity that Rothwell is not included on the route for these two reasons. Also not on the route is Kirkbean, the home and birthplace of the father of the American Navy, John Paul Jones. His is a very interesting story, and it seems to me that the region should do more to cash in on this connection. When we were there, the cottage and museum were threatened with closure, and only saved for the time being, at least, by the generosity of ex-US Navy man Jim Poole. So Dumfries and Galloway can claim to have the founder of the Savings Bank and the American Navy, but believe it or not, there is a third. William Patterson, the founder of the Bank of England, was born at Tynwald, just to the north of Dumfries, and is buried in New Abbey. Then there is S.R. Crockett, the prolific novelist, who was born at Balmagee near Lauriston, and where he's buried, I mean in Balmagee. In addition, there is E. E. Hornell, the artist, who, although he was born in Australia, his parents were from Kirkubri, and he lived most of his life there. And let us not forget Capatrick Macmillan, the inventor of the bicycle. And let us not forget James Patterson, a.k.a. Old Mortality, the stonemason who travelled around the lowlands carving memorials on the graves of the Covenanters. He is buried at the village of Carlaverick. 
I could go on and on, and those I haven't mentioned, like GM Barry, who are passing through the regions, so to speak, I hope they will pardon me. And of course, the Vreesen Galloway and the South West in general have no shortage of historical figures of that nature. Absolutely right, Tom. Sharing a border with England, Galloway was very much the setting for the, the Wars of Independence. Uh, Robert the Bruce and the Red Common, that's actually how I begin the book. Um, I, I knew all about them, of course, before I went there. And John Balliol, arguably Scotland's most unpopular king. But there were some interesting historical characters whom I didn't know about before, such as uh, Archibald the Grimm. He lived from 1328 to 1400. His stronghold was at Threve Castle in Castle Douglas. To visit the castle, you're taken on a short journey across the River Dee. He is so named the Grimm because of his fierce countenance when he was attacking the English. He was christened James Douglas. During the reigns of Robert II and III, who were weak kings, he was the most powerful man in all of Scotland. He tried to achieve a certain bit of legitimacy by marrying his daughter Marjorie to Robert III's son, David Stuart. But that came to naught when he starved to death by his uncle, Robert Stuart, 1st Duke of Albany at Falkland Palace. He was a nasty piece of work. He was the younger brother of Robert II, who was christened John, but decided to call himself Robert because he thought to be called King John II would not be very diplomatic after the first John was so unpopular. Uh, he did not enjoy good health, and Albany effectively ruled the country for 32 years. Another charming customer was Gilbert Kennedy, the fourth Earl of Castles, 1541-1576. He tortured Alan Stewart, the commandita of Crossraguel Abbey, to get him to sign over the abbey lands to him. He had previously acquired the lands of Glenluce Abbey by foul means. What happened was that he entered into negotiations with the abbot, but the abbot inconsiderably died before he could put pen to paper. So Kennedy got a monk to forge his signature, then hired an assassin to stick him, the monk, in case he blabbed later. Then, to make doubly sure, he had the assassin arrested by his uncle Hugh of Bargany on a trumped-up charge of theft and had him hanged. What a charming fellow. As I point out in the book, Galloway was very much a hotbed of the covenanting movement, one of the most notorious episodes being the Wigton Martyrs. Much of that is shrouded in mystery, actually. The Covenanters' main scourge in the area was Cruel Lag, real name Sir Robert Grierson. He died in Dumfries and was buried at Dunscore near Olgarth. A contemporary writer, Patrick Walker, described him as a great persecutor, a great swearer, a great whorer, blasphemer, drunkard, liar and cheat, and yet out of hell. He was truly a great man, you could say. So, David, after having travelled the 300 miles of this remarkable part of the country, having soaked in the culture and the history of the South West, 
Do you have any tips for people who want to undertake the road trip themselves? Yes, I certainly do. Read my book before you go. (laughs) No, seriously. I don't think it matters uh, where you start, and if you go clockwise or anti-clockwise, unlike the NC500, where I would say, if you like keeping the best to last, like me, you should go anti-clockwise. The other thing is that there's so much to see there whatever your particular interest may be, I would say you would need at least a week, if not more, whereas most people tend to do the NC 500 in five days. I think that's a ridiculously small amount of time, by the way. But it would be a big mistake to think that because it is shorter than the NC 500, you can do it in a shorter period of time. I suggest a more leisurely approach, and why not come back? For most people, it is more accessible than the NC500. Finally, I would say, if you are interested in the history and the culture of the region, you really should read my book first. You will get much more out of your trip if you do. Furthermore, as the subtitle says, I would recommend you take it with you as a companion. You can't possibly remember all the historical facts in the book, not even I can. There's just so much history in this part of the world. Well, David, in your book you call the South West Scotland's secret corner, and certainly you've delved into many of its secrets, its mysteries, and all of the historical facts that anyone visiting the area will want to know. Thanks very much for having joined us today and having shared a bit more about your travels. You're very welcome, Tom. It's been nice talking to you. Exploring the SWC 300 is available to buy from independent booksellers and online retailers worldwide. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll tune in again soon.